What is it that we worship? What is it that our society around us worships? That's the question that Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs asked uh, shortly before his passing in a TED Talk that he delivered. And uh, being that this passing was the first Yorzeit uh, in honor of that occasion and in his memory, I just wanted to share a, a thought of his which ties in beautifully to our Parsha. That question, he, he points out, every society has always worshipped something. Going way back into history, whether it be the stars or the sun or the moon, uh, whether it was pagan societies and pagan beliefs that had many gods or even the Christian world that took over over for a long period of time of, of one God as they understood it. And then, of course, there were eras in which the religion or the, that which people worshipped was the idea of no God. Whatever it may be, Rabbi Sachs then brought us through in the more recent time in the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries uh, following various revolutions, that which many cultures worshipped was the concept of the nation or nationalism, which gave rise, of course, to the Aryan race and to communism, both of which were re- the direct cause of tens of millions of murdered individuals. And, and throughout history, you have to, to understand the challenges of what a society is going through. You just have to understand what is it that they worship. And so he asked, what is it that our society worships? And he suggested that if anthropologists were to look back a hundred years on our era that we live in to determine that, well, they'll take a look at the books that we read and the things that we're involved in, and they'll see shelves and shelves of books on self-help, on self-actualization or self-realization, on self-esteem. They'll see that morality is based on what one feels as being right or being true to oneself. They'll see that politics is all about the individual rights that a person has. And of course, he noted, they will see the great religious ritual of our day and seeing him do this on stage. And he sort of posed for a selfie and they will conclude without a doubt that the main idea that is worshipped by our society is the concept of the self and the individual. Uh, I, I note, totally parenthetical to his talk, when we were in Atlanta, there's a museum down there. It's not really a museum, but they call it that, the Coke Museum. A brilliant, brilliant shop in which people pay $35, $40 to go into a place to be advertised to for three hours straight. Amazing idea. But when you're there, one of the exhibits actually displays all of the commercials that they've had over the years. And you could sit there for a half hour and just watch one after another of all of the commercials and they put them chronologically. So you start in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and you see how Coke advertised. And it's an amazing thing that I noted, was really taken aback, that in the 50s, all the advertisements were family-oriented. Mom and dad at a picnic table with a couple of kids and a dog playing Frisbee, sharing a Coke together. And then when you move into the 2000s, it's an individual runner jogging in the middle of the night on them by themselves, pushing themselves and enjoy a Coke. And there's just this fascinating shift into, into the self. And Rabbi Sachs pointed out, it's not all bad. It's certainly better than the nature of communism that existed not so long ago. The idea is indeed, he said, it's empowering, it's liberating, it is, it is the, everyone matters and it makes a difference and focus on oneself. There's no question but there are, he, he pointed out, a couple of downsides. Number one is that we are by our nature social creatures. We have always been and always will be. And when we don't have social connections, when we're not involved in community, some of the most important spiritual currencies that we have, friendship, loyalty, trust, love, all of those things require 
community. They require face-to-face social interactions. We cannot develop those things like friendship and loyalty and trust and love without that. And you have to be together to be able to do so. There is a second element that he said that is dearly lacking in a world that has become so isolated. In fact, he quoted a a book written by Sherry Trunkel of uh, MIT, which was on the impact of social media, which is supposed to be social, and yet it has divided us. And she called her book Alone Together. And, And it creates problems. And the greatest problem, he said, that it creates is the lack of the ability of altruism, of just being kind. The idea of taking one's own resources and sharing it with others, sharing financial resources, emotional resources, wisdom, just a shoulder to lean on, being able to help out, all of that requires togetherness. And it can't be a selfish focus. It has to be a other focus. And this is the centerpiece of our entire Parsha, in which Avram sends his Eved, Eliezer, to find a wife for Avram's son, Yitzchak. And when Eliezer gets to the well and he creates the test to find this young woman, the only thing that matters to him is the trait of kindness. Nothing else is, it doesn't make a difference. And the test that he presents in which he says, the woman to whom I ask if I can have a drink, And she says, sure, and I'll give your camels too. And when you play out the story, the Torah makes it very clear. He asks and she says, sure, I'll give you a drink. And then she gives him to drink. And if you were to stop the story right there and say, is she the one? Has she passed the test? The answer actually is no, because she says, yes, I'll give you a drink. And she gives him to drink. It's only when she finishes giving him to drink, then she adds, and I'll give your camels too. Many of the commentators point out even more than what he asked for. He said that she should say together, I'll give you and your camels. But she didn't even want him to have in his mind as he's, she's giving him to drink, that, she, that he should be worried. Is there going to be enough of the camels? How much is she going to do? I'm taking care of you right now, she says. Here, you have to drink. Take however much as you need. When we finish with that, I'll go take care of the camels as well. That is the trait and the only trait that matters to establish the Jewish people. The mothers of the Jews, of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, their wives, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, that's it. It's that trait of kindness that bring, is brought out from our Parsha. Rabbi Sachs concludes and says, Society will become healthy when it recognizes three counterintuitive truths. Number one, that a nation is only strong when it cares for its weak. Number two, that a nation is only rich when it cares for the poor. And a nation is only invulnerable when it cares about the vulnerable. When a nation recognizes that, it will indeed become a great nation. And we, 2,000 years of exile, separated from our homeland, separated from each other, dispersed to the four corners of the earth, have remained a strong, rich, invulnerable nation because we display this trait that has been taught to us from the beginning, from our beginnings, The only trait that matters is this trait of kindness. And in a society surrounded by a culture of the self, the ability to say we will be other-focused. Other, every Rabbi Sachs used the language, a search and replace in our minds every time we want to say the words self to think of others. And in doing so, we indeed become the strongest, richest, most invulnerable nation we can be, and that is the trait of the Jewish people. Our learning it should be a a, a merit to in the name of the neshama of uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs.